Hello, pet people. I am your host, Rachel, and this is All for Animals. I am so excited for this week's episode, you guys, because this is our one-year anniversary extravaganza. It's been an absolutely crazy, amazing year, and I am so excited that you guys stuck with me through it and that we are still going strong and having fun. So today I decided we are going to do a bit of a supercut of some of the earlier episodes of All for Animals. They they could use a little extra love since it's been so long since they were recorded. And plus, I feel like they're a little extra funny and just kind of lighthearted, which is what, that's what we're going for on our anniversary. So I hope everyone enjoys this kind of supercut episode of a few funny and interesting and crazy snippets from some of the episodes that it's been a little while since you've probably heard. When I was in eighth grade, my middle school had a career day, but ours didn't do it in the usual way. So instead of having like the parents come in and talk about their careers, all of us kids got to choose what career we were most interested in pursuing later on in life and quote unquote shadow a person in that job for a day. We were given a list of interview questions to discuss with the person that we shadowed throughout the day and then we had to write an essay about that experience for our class. A lot of the other kids Pretty much just kind of decided to go along with their parents for a day or something. But I had always wanted to be a vet. So my mom actually reached out to the zoo nearest to us, the Denver Zoo. We lived in Colorado at the time. And the head veterinarian on staff at the time, Dr. Felicia Knightley, shout out if she's ever listening to this. I'm, I will absolutely fangirl about that. <laughs> Um, she gave me permission to shadow her and I was absolutely stoked. I got to watch as a bird and a snake were examined before they were going to be transferred to another zoo. And then we went out to the like nursery area with the brand new babies that weren't quite ready to be integrated with the other zoo animals just yet. And there were two brand new litters of baby mongoose. Or is it mongoose? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what the I plural is sit. there. <laughs> yeah. Mongoose sounds cute too, so I'll go with it. And I got to sit on the floor with them and snuggle and play with them. And they loved to like climb up and down the sleeves of my shirt. I was dying the whole time. It was so cute. Um, I also got to peek in on the baby bongo that had just been born the night before. And a quick trip through their zebra barn was where I got a souvenir zebra kiss while the medical staff were checking to see if there were any baby zebras on the way. And then we were off to see the bighorn sheep. Uh, there was a pregnant female and she needed some vaccines and I think some vitamin injections uh, just to kind of help maintain her health through the pregnancy. But she really did not want any shots that day she jumped around so much and like so like high up that uh dr knightley had to ask my mom and i to step outside for safety and as soon as we did we basically saw horns show up 
in like the 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 roof of the holding pen. She had jumped straight into the ceiling and her horns dented the the roof of the holding pen from the inside. It was insane. I had a woman call me frantic because she found a tick on her dog and couldn't get it off. I was super slammed that day, but I figured it would be an easy, quick, and, like, simple enough appointment, so I told her to bring the dog on in, and I'd extract the stray arachnid. I swear it was less than five minutes later when she burst through the shop door, all disheveled, with her obviously distraught little scruffy terrier mix in tow. As I was securing the dog that I had just been working on in his kennel, I could hear her ranting in reception at one of the poor daycare staff about how she had tried one more time to pull the tick off, but now it's bleeding. So I come running out to inspect the dog, who is not wanting anyone anywhere near him, while the owner regales me with the whole ordeal, and she's listing all the things she's tried, and I'm starting to get a little confused, and I'm getting a bad feeling about it. She apparently tried pulling the tick with her fingers at first, but when that didn't work, she went looking for tweezers. And they weren't working either. At this point, I've finally gained enough of her dog Jasper's trust that I can examine him, so I ask the lady where this tick is, and she says it's on his belly. I barely catch a glimpse of this dog's belly, and I literally shout, Oh my god! Because I had to tell this woman... That the tick on Jasper's belly was, in fact, his nipple. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but wait, because it gets worse. Upon informing the woman of her unintended nuclear purple nurple, she gives me this look like I am absolutely the dumbest person on planet Earth, and then smugly tells me, but Jasper's a boy. And I muster up my best customer service face and calmly explain that boys do, in fact, have nipples. And she had practically pulled and twisted, in parentheses I have here, she was twisting it! Poor little Jasper's nip right off! But this woman just wasn't letting it go and kept insisting I had no idea what I was talking about, demanding to speak to another groomer, even though I was the only one there while our other groomer took her lunch, and was getting more and more upset till I finally just look her dead in the eye and ask, Ma'am, doesn't your husband have nipples? And I don't know about you, Peter, but I absolutely frigging love bats. Oh, yeah. And they're super cute. They talk are. About that for a minute. <laughs> they're so cute up close. I know. So many people think they look creepy, but I think they are adorable. I think it relates back to the whole, like, Halloween vibe. I guess so. Pop, so. That's what pops in my head first. But they're so damn cute. The way they'll eat fruit and shit. Oh my god, it's so cute. Yeah. Bats have to fall into flight so they can't take off like a bird. So hanging upside down makes for an easy and speedy escape in the case of an emergency. Ah, yeah, they just do a drop and go, right? Exactly. <laughs> so my next myth is that dogs don't sweat. Now this is one that I've tried to explain to a few clients, but it tends to get a little bit muddy. Do you know uh, anything about this myth? Don't they they sweat out their paw pads? Yes. However, they actually have more uh, glands that I was not aware of that also allow them to sweat. So I have here from the American Kennel Club, while dogs do most of their temperature regulating by panting, they also do sweat. They have two different types of sweat glands. And I'm going to butcher the name of this, so I'm very sorry, but it's a merocrine gland, which is similar to human sweat glands. And then they also have apocrine glands. 
the maracrine glands are located in the dog's paw pads and sweating through their paws helps cool dogs down. So you are definitely right on that front. However, the apocrine glands, which are located throughout the entire dog's body, also make them sweat, but that type of sweat doesn't seem to have any effect on actually cooling the dog down. And instead, it contains scent pheromones that help other dogs identify each other. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so yeah, too. Would have never known. <laughs> I love learning new things about dogs. So there are over 2,500 different species of mosquitoes, which again, I'm just going to be itchy for the rest of the day thinking about these little boogers. And the universal consensus seems to be that these little teeny tiny mosquitoes are actually the world's most dangerous animal. And they are, in fact, responsible for spreading the deadly heartworms that about 300,000 U.S. dogs are diagnosed with every single year. And now do you want to talk about how heartworm specifically gets transmitted into our pets? Yes, absolutely. So what happens is a an animal that is already infected with adult heartworms, which means that they've had them for a while and they've been reproducing, is bitten by a mosquito. And in the blood that that mosquito then is carrying around in its belly, there's going to be microscopic eggs. And those eggs then get kind of spat out, I guess, at the next buffet that the mosquito decides to land on. And if it happens to be an unprotected dog, then they will lay those eggs or I'm sorry, those eggs will make their way into the bloodstream and they start to mature. And it's the eggs aren't harmful in and of themselves if a dog is already being uh, kept on like the heartworm preventatives, they'll just die and go away. But right. if they aren't on any kind of preventative, then those those eggs are able to mature and turn into adults that then live in the various valves of the heart clog it up and over time cause congestive heart failure and all kinds like that really hacking deep cough and all of those nasty like almost asthma type symptoms just a boatload a boatload yeah. of of issues dogs outside for a quick pee in case we had to run down to the basement but when i tried to call them back in they weren't coming inside we had a small yard and a really good fence so i knew they hadn't gone anywhere but when they wouldn't come outside or come inside i went out to investigate it's a really good thing i did uh oh i found our tiny pug tater oh my god tater i have a client dog named tater um cowering in the corner of our yard with duke standing over top of her hackles raised rut row my other dog, Sherman, was nervously pacing back and forth, trying to figure out how to help. I ran over and picked up Tater, shoving Duke back in the garage, only to, dis to discover he'd completely mangled the doggy door. He'd gnawed through it so much, he actually damaged the wall around it. My goodness. And he'd only been in the garage for like 10 minutes while I let my dogs potty. He was on a mission to get to my dogs. I would say so. Like, damn. I rushed my babies back inside and started yelling for my mom. As soon as my mom got to the back door, she passed out on the floor. 
When I went to set Tater down on the floor to tend to my mom, I saw that I was covered in blood from my stomach down to my bare feet. My mom faints at the sight of blood. I immediately freaked out trying to find the source and discovered Tater's front leg had a massive gash and there were stringy bits hanging out of it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Whew, I need a moment. You all right there, Peter? I sure am. <laughs> I grabbed a kitchen towel and wrapped her leg and cleaned myself up as best I could so that when mom started to come to, she'd be able to drive us to the vet. I sat in the back seat of our car so mom wouldn't be able to see the blood, and we set off on the half-hour drive to the emergency vet clinic. It felt like forever, but we finally arrived, and they rushed her straight back to get an x-ray. Luckily, no bones were broken, but the tendon in her leg had been torn straight out of her leg. Oh my god. I guess that was the stringy stuff I saw. Okay, that is bad. Tater had to have surgery, then wore a giant soft cast for months after that while she healed. It was an extremely slow and expensive process. Originally, the neighbors offered to pay the vet bills since their dog was the one who had inflicted the wounds. I mean, it's only right. So, one day, I'm holding down the fort at the shop while the owner goes to grab some supplies, and it's a quieter afternoon. Most of our morning dogs had already been picked up, so I actually had time to sit down and eat my lunch. Well, I started to, at least. I was only a couple of bites into my sandwich when I heard the door open out front and a male voice yell, Maintenance! I greeted him at the counter with Jojo hot on my heels. And the second Jojo laid eyes on this guy, he was snarling. I have never seen this dog so much as growl before. And he was over here looking like Cujo's tiny brother. This immediately put me on edge and I apologized to the man in our lobby, but he brushed it off. I asked the man what he was here for and he said he had a work order to fix our plumbing. I was super confused by this and my boss hadn't mentioned calling someone in to fix anything, but one of our faucets had been leaking lately, so I was wondering if it had maybe just slipped her mind. I was about to open the Dutch door by the front desk when Jojo started lunging. He was ready to tear this guy to shreds. It was really freaking me out at this point and the maintenance guy was starting to look angry at Jojo. I got a bad vibe, so I just told the guy to come back tomorrow and the owner would be able to corral Jojo a little better. The guy seemed super weird about it, but he left and Jojo went right back to his usual self. The next day, I was watching the news while drinking my morning cup of joe, and I saw the guy's face, face flash across the screen. Holy shit. Turns out he'd been picked up by police the night before, just a few hours after I'd seen him in the grooming salon for armed robbery at a convenience store. And additionally, you're going to want to do a stool sample, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a conversation for a different thing. Yeah, you can talk to your vet about that. I ain't handling any poo at the moment. <laughs> So I have here a few statistics from the American Pet Products Association, or the APPA, that tells us a bit better about how pet obesity is, is such a pervasive issue. It's actually apparently being considered an epidemic in the U.S. In 2018, an estimated 60% of cats and 56% of dogs in the U.S. were overweight, and the definition of overweight is a body condition score of six or seven. And I'm, I'm going to be including a body condition score chart um, or a link to a body condition chore, or blah, 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 a body condition score chart uh, in the show notes so that you guys can look at that up. And it will be uh, it has one for cats as well as dogs. So you can see just exactly how your pet should fall on that chart. And if they look slightly off on the ideal which is usually a four or five 
then you can talk to your vet. Uh, so anyway, an estimated, let's see here, 60% of cats and 56% of dogs in the U.S. were overweight with a BCS of 6 or 7 or obese, which is a BCS of 8 to 9. Your animals are 1,000% dependent upon you to make the best choices for them. So things like free feeding and not paying attention to like the exact amount of food that your pets are eating, not having them go in for their annual checkups and be weighed so that you have some kind of idea if their weight is fluctuating and why. Those kinds of things, those are the, the things that you have control over, but your pet doesn't. They can't walk themselves to the vet and they can't decide for themselves to make healthy choices like you or I. You know, if I notice I'm starting to put on some more <laughs> weight and want to change that, I always have the option to make some kind of change and, and work on that. Your pet can't decide to go to the gym or eat better food or reduce snacks on their own. So it's our jobs as their humans to make those choices for them. Right. And animals, they have that innate evolutionary instinct to seek out food whenever they can find it. They're always going to want more food. It serves wild animals well since they don't always know when or where their next meal is going to be coming from. And they also burn a lot more calories working on their food. Yeah. Yes, far more active. But your your average house pet, they're being fed on a very regular basis. They're laying around on the couch. They're being pampered. They that that instinct it's essentially like a vestigial organ. It's not useful for them. It only tends to cause more problems. Your vet will also want to test probably for some medical conditions that can contribute to or cause any number of issues that will lead to either the appearance of weight gain by like fluid retention or actual weight gain with, you know, the extra fat collection. So health conditions that tend to cause weight troubles in pets are hypothyroid, which is where the thyroid gland, which is essentially responsible for telling literally your entire body how to work, is not active enough. Uh, there's excess fluid retention, usually due to kidney or liver issues. And then there's Cushing's disease, which is essentially an overproduction of cortisol over a long period of time caused by either pituitary or adrenal gland issues or tumors. And this one is, is, quite, frequently, is quite frequently seen in older pets. And like I said, magic is currently in the process of being diagnosed with Cushing's. It's not always an easy one to diagnose, but his vet and I, we've been kind of going back and forth on this for a few months now, and we're pretty sure that's what's causing him some troubles in his old age. And all of these, con these conditions, including Cushing's, are manageable, and your vet will be able to help you develop a plan for whatever it might be that is contributing to your pet's weight gain. And... My dad hated it because he would, I mean, he would plunk down so much money on those squirrel-proof feeders, not knowing that it wasn't necessarily the squirrels that we needed to worry yeah, about, no but kidding. the bears. Right. And I'm over there just giggling and thinking it's hilarious. And mom is freaking out because of, you know, bears being right. on our deck. And my dad is mad because of the bird feeders. And oh my God, it was insane. Yeah.
I had never even heard of this myth, but it was just so interesting. I had to include it. So I'm really curious if you've even heard of this one, that rhinos like to stomp out campfires. Yeah, no, <laughs> can't say I've heard that before. <laughs> And this one's called Ground Hornets Made Me Lose My Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> About a month after our first black bear encounter, I decided to mow the onions in the field. Remember, those big three-foot onions. So we could start prepping it for our new garden. They were taller than my head as I was riding along on the mower. And at times they were so thick that the mower started to choke and I would have to back up to clear the blades. I was riding along, singing to myself, despite the stinky onions on either side of me. And then the mower hung up on something. Before I even realized what I hit, a swarm of what I thought were bees on steroids covered my hair and were stinging me, stinging me inside my clothes. I jumped off the tractor, screaming and stripping my clothes off as I ran towards the house. By the time I got to the house, I was completely naked. No shirt, no shoes, no modesty. Many people have probably heard that pufferfish is sometimes considered, well, not sometimes, quite often considered a delicacy in Japan, and that only special licensed chefs are allowed to serve it because of its potential for toxicity. But I'm not, I'm not sure if everyone is aware of just how toxic it can be and how excruciating the process of being poisoned by pufferfish can be. It's it's known as fugu in Japan, F-U-G-U, and it's, it's touted as the world's most dangerous and delicious food, apparently. And those specially licensed chefs that I mentioned earlier, they are even required to taste the sushi before they can serve it to you. And that's a high stakes performance evaluation that I don't think I'm comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be a confident chef. Yeah. And it's, I tell you what. yes, so this, this toxin is called tetrodotoxin. It's kind of a mouthful and it is so highly toxic to humans that it can actually be up to 1200 times more poisonous than cyanide. Oh, wow. Yeah. A single puffer fish has enough toxicity to kill up to 30 full grown humans. And as if that wasn't bad enough, we don't have an, an antidote. There's. There's nothing that can be done except for essentially trying to make sure that you still keep breathing if this happens to you. So um, I'm going to say that's not anything I want to mess around with. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It, um, according to my research, it takes the, whatever amount would stick to the head of a pin to kill a, a grown adult. Sharks never stop producing teeth. So when one of their teeth breaks or gets worn down, it just falls out and it's replaced by another one. So a single shark can produce anywhere from 20 to 40,000 teeth in its lifetime. Well, I was going to say the lifespan of a shark's outrageous. And there's like three, 400 year old sharks swimming around. Because of that number, the 20 to 40,000 teeth per shark, sh uh, shark teeth are not only a very common fossilized find. They are the most common type of fossil because really? of that. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. That's crazy. Yes. And I mean, I'm pretty sure most people know too that sharks are the oldest animals or one of the oldest animals yes. on earth. The sharks have existed been... longer than trees. 
Uh, actually, have they? Yeah, I know that one to be true. I've been waiting to say that the whole damn episode. So <laughs> I know it's the one oh. thing I know. It's the one thing I know about sharks is yes, some species of sharks have actually been on this earth, on this planet, longer than trees. All right, current day Rachel is back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking it out for an entire year, and I appreciate every single one of you. As always, we are All for Animals Pod on Facebook and TikTok, as well as YouTube. And we are All for Animals Podcast on Instagram. Please give us a like, a follow. It really helps, as well as rating and reviewing the show on whichever platform you prefer. It really helps us uh, reach more eyeballs on social media and more ears on the various podcast uh, services. So thank you, everyone, and I will see you next time. 